Father, this morning as we as we come to your word today, I just pray that that God, you will take your word this morning, this first Sunday of the year of a new year of 2017. Kind of hard to believe, but here we are. And I pray that God, you will use your word for your people as you've used it in my own heart. And uh, I pray that you'd just pour out your spirit upon us this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you for a new year. We don't know what this year holds, but we thank you that we have a hold of your hand and that you are with us for this year. And we rejoice in that in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew twenty-two thirty-four. 34. Um, just a greeting from Colleen. Just left home yesterday. Was home for a couple weeks, and which was a real... Joy for me to be home for a few weeks, and uh, she uh, shares her greeting with, with many of you that, that know her and love her. God bless you. All right. Matthew 22. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So the greatest commandment, Jesus makes it really clear, the greatest commandment is to what? Love the Lord. It's not to work for the Lord, not to serve the Lord, not to give to the Lord. It's to love the Lord. That's God's emphasis. That's God's focus. That's God's desire, is that you would love him. And, 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 and when, when Jesus quoted from this, obviously, he's quoting from the Old Testament. It's called the Shema. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand. They shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So this whole emphasis of loving God was central central to God's relationship to, to his people going all the way back. And every Jewish uh, young person had this, had, had this portion of Scripture uh, uh, committed to memory. It was quoted uh, in every Jewish service. Uh, every home started and ended their day with quoting this portion of Scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 6 because it was so central to the whole concept of their relationship to God. It's very interesting, isn't it? That, it's, it's, uh, that, 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 that e e even in the Old Testament, the emphasis was not work-oriented. It wasn't do this, do that. Even though we have the Ten Commandments, even though there were a lot of do's and don'ts in the Old Testament, but the, the emphasis was the most important command is to love God. It's to love God. It's the love for God that, that fills our hearts. 
a love for God that, that permeates our emotions, that directs our actions, that rudders our thoughts, that transforms all of life, that is, that is the predominant uh, driving force in our life, that which motivates us more than anything else, motivates how we talk, how we treat people, what we say, what we do, is, is our love for God. That's primary and significant. Now, the question is, <clears throat> how, how do we get there? I mean, can you just make that happen? Can you just pull yourself up by the booster? I'm going to love God, you know. So, so I, you know, it would be easy for me to say, okay, now just go out there and love God. You know, how, how many know that doesn't work very well? Anybody? Yeah, okay. All right. Are you still awake? All right. I know it was a long night last night. All right. So, so, so it, it, it doesn't work very well, you know. I mean, just to say, okay, now just, just gut it out. Just go out there and love God. You know, well, that's not my message today because God has actually given us a way by which we can love him. Romans chapter 5, uh, we see that, that, that Paul gives us a key here um, where he says, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've obtained access by faith into this grace which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance, character, character, hope. Hope doesn't put us to shame. Why? Because, why? Verse 5. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Your love for God is not initiated by you. Your love for God is initiated by God. Your love for God is initiated by you experiencing the love of God being poured into your heart. So, so this, is, this is an experiential term here where it talks about it, it, uh, God's love being poured into your heart where you cannot contain it. It's, it's poured in, so, so it's kind of like, God, you, you, you shut it off. Shut it It's too much. I cannot, I cannot take any more of this, any more of your love, because your love is so amazing, I, I, I'm, I'm drowning. It's literally gushing out of my life the love of God. Okay. So this is where we start. This is where you start. This is where I start for 2017. We start by saying, oh God, how many feel like you're an empty well sometimes, huh? All right? Yeah, me too, all right? I, I felt, I felt kind of empty. I really busy year this year, got home, felt kind of empty, you know, been pouring out a lot, and, 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 and praise be unto God, God did some pouring in in my own heart over Christmas break, and I had, I had a couple fresh encounters with the Lord myself, and so I feel ready and prepared to begin a new year, but I tell you, it doesn't happen without us intentionally asking for it. When was the last time you said, oh God, pour your love into me? I need to experience all over again your love. I need you to pour your love into me. Why don't we just pray it right now? God, pour 
your love into us this morning. We, we come as, as needy vessels. We come as needy people saying, God, we need you to pour your love into us. Oh, God, we need to experience your love for ourselves. And I pray that every, every person within the sound of my voice uh, this day, this week, Lord, would experience the outpouring of your love. It may be, Lord, as they're, as they're walking through the grocery store. It may be as they're sitting in a tractor. It may be, Lord, as they're, as they're, as they're cleaning out a barn. It may be as they're, as they're working on the job. But, Lord, I just pray that, that they would all of a sudden experience you pouring your love into them. In the name of Jesus, we ask you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, that you would pour your love into us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then Ephesians chapter 3 moves us beyond simply experiencing the love of God to actually coming to the point of knowing the love of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in do's and don'ts, no, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ. Now he wants, he wants your thinker here, your mind, to have a fresh revelation of how much God loves you. It's one thing to feel it. And we need to feel it. But we also need to know it. We need to experience it. Now, now this may not relate to everybody here, but it, it, I, I'm sure it relates to some of you. Some of you say, well, you know, I believe God loves lots of people, but I'm not sure if he loves me. <laughs> you know, Dave, you don't, you don't know my background. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know how I've lived. You, know, you don't know all of this stuff. I, no, I don't. I don't need to. But I do know that God loves you. But I also know that you need to know that God loves you. You need to know it. You need not only feel it, but you need to know it. You need to have a revelation of the fact that God loves you. How many of you would, would raise your hand and say, I know God loves me? Come on. All right. All right. Now, I, I want you to lay a hold of that and say, God, I pray that over the next weeks and months during 2017 that you would begin to unfold and reveal to me the depth of your love for me. It should, it should drop us to our knees many times. It should, it, should, it should cause tears to come up in our eyes many times. As God begins to reveal to us, in spite of being the jerk we are, I mean, jerk I am, you, you're not, but, you know, in spite of being who we are, in spite of doing what we do, huh? In spite of being stupid, anybody stupid, ever stupid every once in a while? Okay, in spite of that, the fact is, is, that, is, is that God says, hey, I know who you are, and I know where you live, I know your address, and I know, I know what you've done, but in spite of that, I want you to know how much I love you. In fact, 1 John 4 says it this way, in this the love of God was manifest 
was made visible, was appeared to us, was shown to us. Not that we would love God, but that He would love us. We love Him, John said, because He first loved us. You know why you don't love God? You know why I don't love God like I should? It's because I have not been encompassed by the love of God. I have, it, it just isn't pouring in like it should be. I, I, my revealer isn't seeing it. <laughs> I'm not seeing it like I should be seeing it. I'm not experiencing like I should be experiencing. Because when I'm genuinely experiencing the love of God on a new and a greater level... The reaction is as natural as breathing. None of you have to say, okay, now breathe. Breathe. I mean, as long as you're alive, you're going to breathe, right? And, and, and as long as the love of God is poured into your life, you will love God. And when you love God, it will change how you live. You see, sometimes, and I've, my goodness, I... I've been guilty of this pastoring. Sometimes we, we want to only change behavior. <laughs> we want to change what people do. But the root of, of all of this is not what we do. The root of all of this is our relationship to God. And if we genuinely love God because of His love being poured into us, a lot of the stuff that we may struggle with, we're not struggling with anymore. Because his love has been poured into our lives by the Holy Spirit. Now prayer is the communication part of your love relationship to God. How many know that in a marriage, communication is important? How many know that? How many know that in a marriage, communication is not one way? I'm going to talk you're going to listen. How many know it doesn't work that way? How many have discovered that? Huh? <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. But you see, prayer is to be a two-way conversation. Talking, but also listening. Listening, but also fellowshipping. Okay? So, so, so God has not called you to some mechanical, sterile relationship. He's not called you to that. He's called you to a wonderful two-way conversation, relationship. John 15, this is what Jesus said. No longer do I call you servants but friends. Listen to what he says. All that I've heard from the Father, I've made Known to you. Okay? Now, this is, this, is, this is like God just saying, Jesus saying, okay, you know, I'm, I'm just going to share with you one of my heartfelt secrets. One-on-one. -on -one. See? That's what God does. He, he, he says, I, I want you to experience... Not only experience my love, but I want you to 
to know what I'm thinking. That's what Jesus is. I want you to know what I'm thinking. I want you to know what I'm thinking about you. I want you to know what I'm thinking about your work. I want you to know what I'm thinking about your family. I want you to know what I'm thinking about the United States. I want you to know what I'm thinking about the world. I want you to know what's on my heart. Unfortunately for many of us, prayer is a one-way conversation. Prayer is like going through McDonald's drive-thru, you know, supersize me, you know. And so we go through, and we don't care who the attendant is. We just want our food. So we're praying. Our prayer is, is, God, I want this, and we need that, and our family needs this, and God bless the missionaries and, and help us with our work and, 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 and uh, guide my life and, and, and direct me and keep us all healthy and thank you very much. God bless you. Amen. We're done. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. <laughs> this isn't just about you talking. I want you to listen. I want you to listen to me. Some of you say, might say, you know, I don't know if I've ever heard God talk to me. Listen to what Jesus said. My sheep hear my voice, and I genosco them. I know them. I know them. I, I, there's, there, there's this perception. There's this, this, there's, there's this personal, intimate relationship. There's this connection. There's this laying hold of a relationship. I know them. Okay? My sheep hear my voice. So, so, so Jesus is very interested in you hearing his voice. He wants you to hear him. You see, my problem, and probably your problem too, is distractions. We're, we're distracted. We're distracted by, you know, NFL football. I am. I love that NFL football. Uh, by politics, some of you maybe are tired of politics by now, but I mean, we're we're, we're distracted by that. We're dis you're distracted by commodities, right? <laughs> Isn't that true? You're distracted by what's happening happening in the stock market or what's happening what happened in Chicago, you know, with with corn and and beans and so forth, you know. So 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 we're distracted by a lot of stuff, and and n none of this stuff is wrong. But the fact is, is that we are consumed by noise. Huh? Noise. You know? You get in your car or truck and, and music's on or, or the radio's on or something's on, you know? I travel a lot. I'm in airports every week and, and, and everybody's doing this. Nobody's even looking up. Nobody. They're, they're just, I don't know what they're looking at, but I mean, it looks important, you know. I, I mean, you know, but they're, they're just, you know, they're probably just going through Facebook. Oh, man. That is a trap, isn't it, huh? How many know you can spend hours on Facebook? Some people do. Every day. Do you believe that? Well, I, don't feel guilty. I mean, I... Well, yes, you should feel guilty. Anyhow, so so now, so 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 there's there, there's this whole issue of the of 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 distractions and noise that leads us to exhaustion and emptiness. Okay, now 
Blaise Pascal lived in the 1600s. None of you knew him. He was a French physicist, mathematician, inventor. Uh, some of you maybe have heard one of his quotes. If God does not exist, one will lose nothing by believing. Well, if he does exist, one will lose everything. Very good. You know, a conversation with my youngest son. Ben was home. Uh, lives in Kansas City now, but he was home over Christmas. We were having a conversation one day about um, some of our mutual friends who who have moved from being Christian to being agnostic at best. I, I, it's, it's a little bit personal, but I didn't share it with you anyhow this morning. Um, ben and I were having a conversation about that. And <laughs> I just loved it so much. We're, we're talking about it, and, and, and Ben said to me, Dad, he said, you know what? I, I would miss Jesus so much. Man, I just started bawling. <laughs> I would miss Jesus so much. You see, God is interested in us having a relationship with him. When, we're in, when we are in perpetual motion, I want you to hear this. We can mistake adrenaline for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? Because we're moving all the time. We can mistake adrenaline for the moving of the Holy Spirit. We have to be careful. I have to be careful. We all have to be careful. You know. And so God is calling us to something. He, he's calling us to listen. He's calling us to reflection. You've got to take time. You've got to take time to, to just sit. You know, I, uh, I was given a little devotional book recently. And, and little short devotions. Guy out of New York, Scazzaro or something, his last name is. Anyhow, it's little short devotions. At the end, it encourages you to spend two minutes in silence. <laughs> you know, some of us haven't sat two minutes in silence for a long, long time and just listened. Not with an agenda, but God, I'm, I'm here to hear you. Not just talk to you, not just tell you what I need or what I want, but to hear your voice. Mark chapter 3, verse 14 said that Jesus appointed 12 so that they might be with him. He wants you to be with him more than he wants you to be working for him, more than he wants you to be serving him, more than he wants you to be giving to him. He wants you to be with him. He wants relationship. He wants connection. He wants to hear your voice. And he wants you to hear his voice. This, this all started for me, this message in Matthew 7, where it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, did not we prophesy in your name? 
cast out demons in your name, do many mighty works in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never genoscoed you. I never knew you. I was never in relationship with you. I was never connected to you. You were never connected to me. You see, it's more than simply praying the sinner's prayer. It's more than simply going through some kind of spiritual routine. It's more, more than simply coming to church on Sunday morning. It, it's a matter of, of entering into a relationship. We miss the point when we identify our activity or our gifting or our power or our knowledge, or even our anointing with genuine spirituality. You see, here, here Jesus is talking about people that were casting out demons. He's talking about people that were healing the sick. He's talking about people that were, that were doing mighty miracles. He's talking about people that were prophesying. And usually we see people that are that are casting out demons and doing miracles and, and prophesying. We say, now that is a spiritual person. And Jesus said, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Because what he's really interested in is that, he, that you would have a deep personal relationship with him. And so, you know, I've got this long title in our ministry called U.S. Missions Director of Great Commission Media Ministries. You know what it means? Nada. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Who cares? God is not impressed and neither am I. It doesn't make any difference. People say, you know, what should we call you? My name is Dave. You can call me Dave. Titles are nothing. Who cares? God doesn't care about titles. You know? He's, 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 he's cared about, he, he cares about our relationship to him. You know, I, I can, I can travel, travel all over the world. I can, I can be involved in all these campaigns. I can do all this other stuff. I can do for, for the rest of my life. And for, who knows how much longer. I'm 68 this month. So, you know. Not a kid anymore. But yeah, so, you know, but the, I, I, you know, I still feel like I could take some of you young guys on, though. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I, I know better, but I, I still feel that way. Right, Steve? <laughs> you still feel like, hey, 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 guys, you can't do it to dad. And, you know, dad, dad can still take you on. Don't, don't let him fool you. He can't do it anymore. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow I, that's totally off the subject. But the reality is, is that, is that, you know, I, I can spend all this time, do all this, be, go around, and everybody thinks I'm very, very spiritual. Huh? God says, hey, what about me? Are you in relationship to me? And by the way, this, this was a point of conviction for me. Dave Ogren, get with the program and, and, and get back to that which is most important, which is relationship. Not, not what I do. I... You know, so many of us are identified by what we do. I am, I am this. And us guys, it's just typical. You meet somebody new, it's just, it's just kind of who we are. You know, well, okay, you're David Hovinga. Well, what do you do? You know, be, you know I mean, that's, that's, those are the questions we ask. Because we're interested in what people do. 
But the fact is, you know, I mean, it's okay what you do, but that's not who you are. And that's not what God considers to be most important. Now, I'm way along. All right. I'm almost done. Everybody is happy, I'm sure, about that. Okay. So, what, what does the scripture say? Let me wrap this up. Matthew 28. Jesus said, just, just come to me. Get off the treadmill. Just, just come to me. I'll give you rest, intermission. Okay? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and you will find that I'm humble and gentle. You will find that I'm not going to jerk you around. Jesus has never jerked you around. He's never done that. He's never will. Man, he's so long-suffering. He's so gentle. He's so kind. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, what do we need to do? This is what we need to do. Matthew 14. This is what Jesus did. He dismissed the crowds. He went up on a mountain, and he was alone there. And I'm, I'm going to challenge you to every day, every day, dismiss your crowd. Your crowd, Doug's crowd is not my crowd. We, we got different crowds, right? But we all got a crowd. We all got stuff that just, just sucks us in. Pulls us right in. Okay. And, and Jesus had that too. But he dismissed the crowds. There were times to dismiss the crowd. Go up on the mountain. And that may be your, your bedroom. It may be your workshop. It may be wherever. Maybe some of us, some of us pray better walking than we do kneeling. I do. I, I don't pray very well on my knees. I I get distracted, my mind starts going. But, but if I'm walking, I, I, can, I can stay pretty focused in prayer. And I, I can hear pretty good when I'm walking. So, so, so we're all different. Well, we, we have to find our rhythm. We have to find what our mountain is. We have to find where our place is. We, we have to find where we can hear the voice of God the best. And wherever that is, some of you say, well, it's in my hot tub. That's right. Hear, hear God's voice. You know, I don't know. We, we all got different places where we hear the voice of God the best. So you, you got to figure out where that is. But recognize that Jesus is waiting for you. I'm going to close with this. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. It's a really sad story. It's the story of the Laodicean church. They were lukewarm. They weren't hot. They weren't cold. Jesus says, you could keep this, you're just nauseating me. I'm, I'm going to end up just spitting you out of my mouth. But then how, how does he, that's not how he ends it. You know how he ends it? To this lukewarm church that was struggling with really being close to Jesus. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone will open the door, I will come in and I will tell you how wrong you are and I will tell you how stupid you are and I will tell you how much you don't know and how you haven't got it even though you've been around me all these years and I'm going to tell you how high to jump and you just say 
how high? All right, no, no, none of that. He says, behold, I stand at the door. This is a church that's struggling. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll just open the door, I'll come in, and I'll have dinner with you. I'll fellowship with you. I'll sit down with you. And we'll have a good time. And we'll enjoy each other's company. And you won't regret it. And I want to encourage you today as you enter a new year. That you enter a new year with a commitment to not do, be, go, spend, whatever. All that's good and all that's great. But that you would make a commitment to say this year, I'm going to become closer to Jesus than I have in all my life. Because I'm going to give him time to talk to me. And I'm going to talk to him. And we're going to enjoy each other. That's going to be wonderful. Bow your heads with me. How many of you today would just, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, was just, just say in your heart, Dave, I'm, I'm a long ways from being close to Jesus, but I want him to pour his love in me. I want him to reveal his love to me so that I can love him back, so that I can listen to him, so I can follow him that I can be in fellowship with him and relationship to him. I want 2017 to be a year where it's marked by my growing closer and closer to Jesus. If that's your heart, just just raise your hand to the Lord and say, God, I'm not going to do this perfect. There's a lot of ways where I'm going to miss the boat, but God, you know my heart. I want to be close to you. I want to follow you. I want to do your will. But more than just doing your will, I want to hear your voice. I want to fellowship with you. Thank you. Thank you. You've called us to that kind of relationship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.